Hey everyone, this is Sam, better known as That Girl with the Curls, and I'm recording this just to kind of give you a heads up that the first 14 episodes are essentially, they were previously recorded for the website Word of the Nerd that I used to write for. And as I am no longer a writer for that website, I decided to take my podcast with me uh, to my own website, The Maniacal Geek, and uh, use this as my forum for interviewing people and whatnot and saying things that I want to say, which, you know, hopefully this introduction is getting that across. If not, I apologize. So uh, you will hear this on every recording for the first 14. After that, they will be different recordings, uh, just kind of, you know, intros basically to whomever's on the podcast. So if you're hearing this for the umpteenth time, please skip ahead. Uh, if not, uh, just enjoy the rest of the show, and I hope you keep listening and come back for more. All right, thank you so much, and uh, have fun with this episode. That Girl with the Curls. Uh, this is, of course, your the only podcast that has to worry about frizz control. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to work on some kind of a tagline to this. It's not going well. It'll get there. <laughs> One day it'll work out. I'll get the kinks out. Ah, uh, see what you ah, I win. Uh, I am, of course, your hostess or host, whatever, uh, Sam, and I'm joined once again by Miguel. Miguel, say hello. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> I almost imagine you being in like a chair with a book. And you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> like you just notice people. Does a tablet count as a book? It can, okay. I guess. Then I'm, I'm all, and then I'm there. I'm doing it. If it's a Kindle or a, you know, a Nook or something like that. It's a Nexus. I mean, I read things right. on it. That's fine. It's perfectly suitable. Yeah, whatever. There we go. Um, <laughs> Um, but we are doing, uh, we're going to do something, uh, not necessarily different, but just, uh, uh, another part of the podcast because I'm a huge cartoon fan and Miguel is also a big fan of animation and cartoons as well. Fact. And we are both huge fans of the last airbender series as well as legend of Korra, the sequel series. And uh, what was it? As of this recording on Friday, or so it was like two nights ago, was the season three premiere of Legend of Korra, which was a three episode premiere. <laughs> so they're not holding back, you know, from us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, I guess we should do like a little bit of a recap just to, you know, in case you don't remember what happened previously. Uh, Miguel, do you want to do you want to take this one? Um, sure. Well, you remember. <laughs> um, as, as some of you might remember, uh, a long time ago, there was an avatar named Aang. <laughs> He's dead. Uh, Korra is the new avatar. She is a waterbender from the Direction Water Tribe, north or south, pick it, I forget. She's the, she's the Southern Water Tribe. Ah, that's what course. I was going to guess second. Yeah. <laughs> so she's from the Southern Water Tribe, um... And there's actually a lot of history in her family that comes out uh, in season two or book two of The Legend of Korra, but we'll get to that later. Um, She's a very strong bender in terms of, like, the physical side of it, but the show likes to remind everyone that she's always struggled with the spirituality of being the Avatar. Uh, So in season one, she runs away from the South Pole, 
to Republic City, which is now, which is a new city and what's part of a newish new country, also I believe. Um, yeah, it's like the, car- the kingdoms are still there. Yeah. Like the- the, the Earth Kingdom, the Fire Nation, the tribes, um, you know, the water tribes are still all their own separate entities. And I think Republic Republic City is basically like a one place where they can all kind of converge and be like uh, living together as, a, you know, an integrated people. <laughs> it's like the avatar of the nations. You know? Ooh. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Except well, for the Earth, because they, there's only yeah. five of them. <laughs> you mean the airbenders? Oh, sorry, yeah, the earthbenders. All right, I said Earth again. Air, <laughs> you know, the ones with the wind. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so she moves to Republic City and is wanting to train with Aang's, uh, oh, Aang, not only son, but son, who is one of the last remaining uh, airbenders in the world, Tenzin, and wants to learn airbending from him so she can fulfill her, finish her training as, as Avatar. And crazy hijinks ensue, and a bunch of anti-benders come out with uh, zappy hands and tanks and things, and almost destroy the world, and she saves it, and learns yeah. learns how to airbend along the way. Or it suddenly gets the ability to airbend along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Air punch. Air punch. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, and that's season one. Uh, the, she also has, uh, some friends that, that join her, uh, not just, uh, Tenzin, but also his, uh, his children who are Janora, Iki, and Milo. Uh, so his, his three children that are all airbenders and, uh, ridiculously cute and fantastic and funny. Uh, and then Cora also uh, meets two uh, brothers, uh, Mako and Bolin, who are pro-benders. And Mako is a firebender, and Bolin is an earthbender. And she joins a pro-bending, the joins their pro-bending team, the Fire Ferrets. So that's like it's just kind of an expansion of the world where bending has become more prevalent. Uh, it, in and in Republic City itself, it is a thing where there's a power struggle. So they kind of take the world of Last Airbender and then just amp it up in Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. Um, season two is, um, the the weird thing about season two is that it kind of is a step back because what happened in season one was that they it had a very quick ending. Like the, the last episode almost could have been a two-parter. Um, or had been could have been a nice extension into season two if they had known they were coming back. Uh, Nickelodeon was not very good at informing them. And uh, so season two, it explores a lot more of Korra's background and the Southern Water Tribe and actually just the the Water Tribes um, themselves as well as the spirit world because the book is called Spirits. And uh, we get to learn more about that side. We get to learn about the first avatar, Juan, who's... um, yeah, who's voiced by um, the actor who plays Glenn on The Walking Dead. Um, God, is it Steve? Uh, Steven? Shoot. Damn it. Irwin. Who plays him? Huh? Not Steve Irwin. That was wrong. No, not Steve Irwin. <laughs> uh, Steve uh, Yoon. That's it. Uh, so he plays he plays Juan, and so she gets to kind of, like, explore... Uh, her her own avatar past, like all pretty much all of her lives to a degree, 
And then it becomes like this big kaiju battle. She fights like the the dark spirit of the Avatar who inhabits her her uncle, basically. Mm-hmm. And then um, the end of season two is basically uh, she keeps the northern and southern portals open to the spirit world and allows the spirits to uh, return to the the human world. Uh, and so that's where they left it in season two. It's like what Nixon did with China, but not at all. Yes. Exactly. He opened and it up. <laughs> he, op- he opened up negotiations with China. Um, so that's where we left off with uh, Korra making this huge uh, decision. And season three picks up two weeks after her announcement that the uh, the spirit portals would remain open. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in these three episodes, which are A Breath of Fresh Air, Rebirth, and The Earth Queen, we get to see what the consequences of of open of harmonic convergence, which was the the spirit portals opening and the good and bad uh, spirits fighting for control of of the world, basically, uh, what has happened because of that? Um, and so let's start with a brush of, a, a brush, a breath of fresh air. Um, basically, what happens is we find out that Airbenders are returning. Yay! So stoked. I know. Um, cause like Miguel said, there's only, um, there's only five of them. It was Tenzin and his children, basically. It'd be very hard to repopulate the world with only, um, your kids, like, being the progenitors of the entire nation of air. Noah did it. <laughs> that is true. If the Bible's taught us anything, <laughs> you only need a few people to start the entire human race. Mm-hmm. Every time. That's right. It's true. And some animals and whatnot. Not unicorns, unicorns though. <laughs> <laughs> unicorns be damned in this world of progress. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, it's really it was really awesome to see that not only the the fact that um, Airbenders have now come back because of harmonic convergence, but also the um, remaining tension between Korra and the president of Republic City. Uh, how they're they're still keeping up with these ideas of like poll numbers and um, like this new more technologically advanced world that she's living in that Aang didn't have to deal with basically. Yeah, which I love. Like I think one of my favorite things about this series. Cause a lot of people are just like, oh, Avatar was better, or you know, um, Last Airbender was better, etc. But I I just love the idea that it's all just one continuous storyline and the 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 world in which they inhabit actually progresses because there's so many like i don't know franchises fandoms whatever out there that just stay stagnant you know like say what you will about how amazing the lord of the rings is but you read about like you know the silmarillion and stuff like the past ages and it's like cool so you guys gonna figure out i don't know steam engines anytime soon or like (laughs) that you can burn coal for fuel (laughs) like you know just stuff like it makes you wonder when they actually got around to making wheels because they've just had elves this whole time. Like I don't know, but no, I, I just appreciate that it's a, just a very thought out, um, well thought out, I should say, and like elaborate and just really intricate like world that they live in. It's fantastic and it's it progresses, you know, like I, maybe not logically, but in a way that you know makes sense. Like it's a hundred years later, so they should have newer technology and dress like um, the newsies and stuff. You know, like it's, it, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm waiting for them to do their first dance routine. That uh, <laughs> it, it'll happen. I, I'm convinced it's gonna happen eventually. Well, one day, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and and you know, from someone who studied history as well, it's really awesome to see how they've advanced it on a philosophical point of view as well. Because Avatar: The Last Airbender was, I mean, it it started off very simplistic, but then grew grew in it grew deeper in terms of its themes. Uh, you know, as a there were always like some really serious episodes, but then you had your fun episodes. And and Korra does continue that tradition, but it also expands on, okay, what's a world that now has, like, all of these benders in power? You know, what the exploration of power and responsibility and uh, Korra's um, role in all of this, especially in a world that is more advanced and, and as she dealt in season one, maybe doesn't need an avatar or thinks it doesn't need an avatar. Um and then the fact that Republic City basically looked like steampunk, you know, Shanghai oh, in the yeah. 1920s or something like that. It's like, a, it's just, like you said, it's a fully realized world. Like, people would want to live in the Avatar world, I think, if they were given the choice. Oh, definitely. Even if I weren't a bender, I would, um, I would want to live there. Exactly. It's like, I would love to live there. I would love to be there and have bending powers. It would be like a total bonus, but it would still be kind of awesome because of all the, just even the fantasy elements are, are so amazing, like the different animal amalgamations that oh they have. Oh my god, the animals are the best. <laughs> it's still one of the best things in uh, in Avatar when they're like, is it a, what is it, a duck bear? Like, no, just a the Earth King's bear, yeah. And they're like, just, just. It says it's just a bear. That's. And they're all like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, like Bossing say is weird. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just those things where they establish like something so fantastic, and then the mundane becomes like, wow, that's odd. <laughs> um. So yeah, and uh, and a breath of fresh air, basically a Boomy. So Tenzin's older brother Boomy becomes an Airbender. And they had established in season two that he kind of felt like he let Aang down by not being an airbender. Um, okay, we're fine. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we had a glitch in the system, and I'm just weird. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work, but we're just going to go with it. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Boomy had previous, like, daddy issues as we find that all of the kids of Aang and Katara seem to have had. Uh, so Boomy becoming an airbender is kind of awesome. But then there's also the reveal at the end that the uh, White Lotus, which was the um, kind of like underground group that was started by the most badass old codgers of the uh, different nations uh, in Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, had put some of these people, uh, some very powerful benders in prison. And one of them, whose name is Zaheer, who's voiced by Henry Rollins, which I think is awesome, uh, he escapes because he has found that he has become an airbender. And so he just whoops some white lotus ass and escapes from his prison in the, in the mountains. Yeah, because nature is always changing, like the wind. Which, it's true. Which he says before he locks the white lotus into his crappy little cell. Yeah. And it's so, I mean... I, 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 you know, he, he figures out airbending really quick. And I know I've seen some people are like, how does he, how could he possibly know how to do that? It's just like, based on just the first few things he says, it, it completely makes sense to me that he would, once figuring out that he's an airbender, understand like how to use it to his advantage. Yeah. 
Well, and I think maybe um, also looking forward a little bit into the next, either it's either later that same, ep- or no, I guess it'll be the next episode when Zuko comes in and he talks about mm-hmm. him and his gang of, uh, I'm going to call them the anti-team avatar. Yes. Um, <laughs> how he could take down any, any bender single-handedly, even without bending. So like that's, you know, he's probably already pretty skilled, um, you know, maybe not quite as... Um, to say, oh man, I'm blanking now. I feel that Sokka, you know, mm-hmm. as he was as a warrior, as a non-bender. But who's to say? But yeah, also, um, it's not exactly stated how long he was trapped in that cage by himself after Harmonic Convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they're saying it's like it's a few weeks between shift changes of their guards or whatever. So he might have been in there for a couple of weeks, knowing he was an uh, airbender and being able to work on his uh, slide kicks and stuff. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's just the, so the animation studio who is doing all of the, the, this season of, of, of Legend of Korra, Studio uh, Mirror, Mirror, something like that, I, I apologize, uh, the fight scenes are just, again, still gorgeous, I mean, the way that they find, uh, the different ways that they find to use these powers is, I, I don't know who's coming up with them, but they're a genius. <laughs> like, it all seems to just work together, and you're just like, I've never seen that before. Um, so yeah, Zaheer escapes, and then we move into the next um, the next episode, which is Rebirth. And actually, not even Zaheer uh, escaping, but Korra is basically kicked out of Republic City by the president yeah. because she can't get rid of these vines from the spirit world that have invaded the city, basically. <laughs> uh, but she tells Tenzin that she now has a purpose. Like, she feels like her thing is all about um, bringing the Air Nation back, like helping uh, build that up again. And uh, and so, basically, the uh, team avatar decides to go to uh, travel to Ba Sing Se to find all uh, all the new airbenders and bring them back to the Northern Air Temple to basically rebuild. Uh, and that's basically how the journey starts, and it doesn't seem to be going well for them. Not so much. You know, it's, yeah. it's a good idea. Like, that's for sure, but... Not everyone wants to wants to necessarily become an air mo- nomad, turns out. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone they come across, uh, and, and Tenzin's not the best salesman either. Really not. <laughs> he isn't. Um, and he's so he's so excited about it because it's like, oh my god, we're not all, it's it's like we're not alone. I mean, he technically isn't because his children, you know, are airbenders, but it's like he doesn't have anyone he can relate to except for Cora on on some level, and he's still kind of her teacher. Yeah. And so to find, like, all these, you know, some adults, some children airbenders, it's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, finally we have a, a chance, and Dad would have loved this, and, and then none of them uh, want to, to join him uh, in going to the Northern Air Temple and learning about a nation that they've just become a part of, apparently. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where they take that and whether they, you know, ever unify uh, the airbenders or if they're just, you know, there's like a sect or I guess a, a part of them that are like, you know, adhere to the old old ways of the air nomads and live in the temples and stuff. And then there's just like, maybe they're also just, you know, airbenders out there who just chill and hang out wherever they want and don't necessarily shave their heads and stuff, but just 
you know, like like that one, like that first guy that they met said, he's like, I'm just a farmer who can airbend. I'm like, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a nomad or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I really, I really appreciate that. That's like a more realistic approach to this um, recruitment process where a lot of people are like, no, that's, that sounds awful. I don't want to do this. Yeah, exactly. Like everything he says is he's trying to sell the idea of being an airbender. It's just like, why would anyone want to willingly do that? <laughs> like, I mean, the, um, the head tattoos are pretty cool. Otherwise. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're a guy, I don't know because <laughs> I remember in um in Avatar: The Last Airbender, we did see a female uh, uh, airbender who was a, a an avatar, and she had like part of her head was shaved. That's true. Like, yeah. Yes, you could see the arrow, but she had hair like her hairline was like way pushed back. Um, so I don't know if that would be the best fashion statement for some of the girls, but who's <laughs> to say? Um, but yeah, so they end up, um, they only end up recruiting one person who is a, a young thief named Kai, and he seems to also be trying to take advantage of them as well, so it's, we'll see how that works out. Uh, Jinora seems awfully taken with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, little girls growing up. Um, the whole Katara jet situation is waiting to happen, I think. It, yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought of that until, yeah, you just... You just said that. I was like, yep, that's she's going for the bad boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, As will happen. As it it always does. It always seems to be that way. Uh and then we get to see the um the two more of Zahir's comrades. Uh he releases Oh or, man. Oh my god. So the first one is Gazan, who is a an earthbender and he's on this wooden ship uh on in the middle of the water. And uh basically like Zahir just gets on uh gets on the the boat and just drops a couple of rocks into the cell and just the amount of havoc and chaos he can create with just those stones is amazing. Yeah, well my thing is so is this guy like some kind of is he just like a really good earth bender or is he maybe some kind of hybrid earth fire bender cuz he spins those rocks so fast that they start getting kind of molten or at least sort of on fire like something happens like there's a lot of friction going on, you know? Mm. So I don't know. This guy is He's he's really good at what he does. I don't know if he's gonna end up being like a maybe like maybe that's the step towards being a metal bender. Like you can actually make the rock into metal. That that would be tight. That would be awesome. Hopefully we'll be seeing that because I know that they're gonna focus a, a lot more on Lin Beifong in this uh, in this one. So we'll get more of like Toph and I guess she has a half sister. So we'll get to meet her. What? I know. It's like, who are the fathers of these children? <laughs> um, and then so he frees Gazan, who's uh, voiced by Peter Giles, who I don't I don't know what he's done, uh, but awesome. He's got all these sweet tattoos. Uh, and then they free this amazing waterbender. Oh, Minghua uh, right. or Minghua, uh, who's voiced by Grey Delisle, who people will know as the voice of Azula from uh from avatar but yeah and she's armless she's armless in this fire pit and they basically just pour some water down and she uses the water as her arms and just the 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 amount of like she's like slinking back and forth and she just takes these guys out like oh she makes um the ends of the water into ice and just like it's almost like she wants to cleave them in twain or something yeah Oh, it's so cool. I mean, again, it's like the choreography just gets better with these guys. Like, they just, they find new ways of making the elements um, 
formidable. It's just like you, you think you've seen every way you could do water bending or fire bending, earth bending, water bending, and they find something else. Like it's so cool. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's essentially what happens. They in the next episode, the Earth Queen, they finally make it to Bossing Say. That Earth Queen. Oh my God! Are, are all are I'm pretty sure that all of the um, people in authority are dicks in the world of Avatar. <laughs> Historically, yes. Seems to be. I mean, because if she's the daughter of, I assume she would be the daughter of Boomy. Um, Boomy. Well, I think. Because she says at one, and I looked it up on the wiki, the wiki seems to think that she's the other Earth King's daughter, because the way they, because I, I, I was confused, because, you know, Boomy is a king, um, mm-hmm. and but then other guy, who they only ever really refer to as the Earth King, I think they say his name a couple times, but I can never remember what it is. Oh, yeah, the one that, that gets tricked by Azula. And, yeah, um, and then the guy, the, the Dai Li before that, so... Bumi is king of Omashu, which is a city That's... in the Earth Kingdom. So he's really just like the mayor or governor, but they call him king because he has like absolute rule within the city. But he's still considered part of the Earth Kingdom, so he'd still be a subject of the Earth King. It's kind of, I feel like it's maybe a little confused and maybe they didn't quite think that out before, like, you know, they got like further into the, in the first season. They're like, oh, oh, well, snap. Well, I guess maybe Bumi is just king of this city and then the rest of the king. I don't know. Yeah, so, it, it's, it's more like a medieval setup where there's like a kingdom and there's like a fiefdom or something like that. Yeah. I feel like a, uh, like a better name would have been maybe like the Earth Empire because it's like really big and you, I don't know. Yeah, smaller and it's supposed to be modeled it. after um, China more than, than anything. So yeah, it, it, it makes sense. But yeah, so the, the Earth Queen is kind of a, kind of a bitch. <laughs> she's not nice. No, she's not nice. So and uh, her uh, her servant is all telling you know Cora like these are the rules like she can't see the animals and bow only so you know there's like all this stuff like she's apparently really offended by everything, um, and so Cora is asking the uh, Earth Queen for help in finding the new uh, Airbenders that have been spotted in Bossing Say or have been reported at least, and she's all like. Only if you do this one thing for me first, which is go and get the tax money from this podunk village that's being invaded by Mad Max people. Yeah, and she's such an NPC, because it's all like, hey, you need my help, but first... (laughs) I need you to do this quest. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to pick so many flowers to make a potion, and... uh, (laughs) uh, So yeah, so Korra and Asami go to uh, collect the taxpayer money, and uh, end up, you know, kicking the ever-loving, you know, uh, shit out of this biker gang. But then it seems like they might be on the wrong side of this argument, because the biker gang's like, it's for the people! And, and they straight up tell her that. They're like, you are on the wrong side of this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Cora's inclined to believe her on uh, believe them on, on this one, uh, which is a, I think is a really good step up in terms of Cora's maturity, because in season two, she was so easily duped by her uncle Unalak. Uh, yes, Unalak. Which, I mean, he could have been a really effective villain in season two, but I just don't think they're, they they kind of went too much the generic villain route that way, mm-hmm. where he could have just been a, a much better, like, oh, you really don't think he's going to turn? And then he turns, whereas it was kind of immediately obvious that Unalak was going to be the villain no matter what. Yeah. 
it felt like maybe for like half an episode it seemed like he wouldn't and then you're like ah no this guy's totally not on the level exactly you're just like ah you're yeah you're the you're the baddie it's just not you're just telegraphing that one in thanks Uh, so yeah, so at least in this one, Cora is much more, she's matured in a way that, uh, is going to make her not so easily led around by people in authority because she's now establishing that as the avatar, she's going to make some decisions that people aren't going to like. And, uh, it doesn't mean that she doesn't need guidance. She still has Tenzin and her friends to help her out, but she's becoming more assertive in, um, in a wiser way, I guess. Uh, and then we also have um, uh, Mako and Bolin get left behind in one of the outer rings of, of bossing, say, because Kai decides he's going to use his airbending skills to uh, steal from people, as you do. Mm-hmm. And so they get stuck in the outer ring, which uh, actually is where their father uh, was from. And they just so happen to run into their cousin and their uncle who have a terrible fruit stand. How about that? <laughs> I know. Like, what are the chances that you would run into your long-lost family? Um, and uh, they also get to meet their grandmother and apparently have a very large family in Bossing Say. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's actually really quite touching. And um, they had actually for- they mostly foreshadowed this in, I think, the first episode in yeah. Breath of Fresh Air. Bolin totally <laughs> called it. And I, I love the way he did it, too, because Mako initially did not want to go because he feels uncomfortable being around both Asami and Korra, having dated and broken up and cheated with both of them. Maybe he should just stop making out with everyone. He really should. Um, but it, I, I do appreciate the fact that the creators didn't make Asami and Korra enemies. Uh, that they're actually, they are friends. And they, they kind of, they hash it out a little bit while Cora gets her first driving lesson, <laughs> which I thought was really awesome. Oh, that was fun. Uh, and just Asami being like, clutch, clutch, break. <laughs> um, so to, uh, to at least see a, a mature handling of the situation, at least from Cora and Asami, was greatly appreciated uh, for me, at least. It was good. So, uh, so yeah, Mako is at first resistant to go because he wants to be like, I'm all, I'm a, I'm maturing and brooding teenager, but I also have a job <laughs> in life. <laughs> and then Bolin's all like, what if we go to Bossing Say and we find our long lost family and our grandma's like, oh, Mako, where's Mako? And, and then she dies. <laughs> and then she dies. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very well played on his part. Oh, it's so good. I love, um. I, I know that Bolin is basically the Sokka of the of the group, but I do like that they have, in certain ways, distinguished him from from Sokka in terms of his sense of humor. Like, there's just a very clear cut, like out there thing, and then just a sudden, like um, a punchline joke almost. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's good. He's he's definitely like a really great uh, comic relief. Boomy though, I think is also pretty good in that respect. Oh yeah, yeah. The Uncle, no, not the brother, brother Uncle Boomy, not Old King Boomy, who he's named yeah, after. Yeah, it gets. <laughs> and then what's his um Boomju, his little spirit rabbit friend. <laughs> now my wife has a theory, and mm-hmm. I'm inclined to go with her because she's she's pretty smart when it comes to things like magic spirit animals and whatnot. Um, gotcha. But she has a theory that Boomju knew that Boomy uh, could airbend. 
when he like you know when he's out of, he's out on that limb apologizing about the sweater thing and everything and then like he falls or like he falls off that cliff because Boom Jew's out too far like she thought it was one of those he just needs this extra push you know to to figure out he can airbend and then it happens so like maybe you know he had some he was attuned to it or whatever because he's a spirit and you could tell that Boomy mm-hmm. you know gained this ability through harmonic convergence so I think that's kind of interesting of course yeah, it'll, it. it'll probably never come out one way or the other because Boom Jew can't talk because he's that's a, a rabbit but who knows who knows? <laughs> well, maybe Junora will be able to speak through Boomju, and uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's that, and then uh, we 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 did mention that Zuko, uh, elderly Zuko, is alive. Oh my god, so cool! I know he just he's the scar, and he's all like badass still, even though he's an old guy. He's pretty old. Um, I mean, honestly, he was he was what he was older than Aang already. And he's definitely outlived him, so he's got to be up there in years. Um, Yeah, I think he was, in terms of the group in the the previous series, he was the oldest, so he was probably about 15. Um, And it's been about 70 years, so yeah, he's in his 80s at least. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, Zuko's got like a dragon, he's all like, yeah. God, and and I've got to believe that's one of the last of the dragons that him and Aang... Met. Yeah, well, they danced with them. Yeah, the di- dragon dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, with, you the, the, with the sun warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's all riding this badass dragon because he's like, probably he's probably like the only head of the White Lotus at this point. Right, and then I wonder if he's still. The thing is, they call him Lord Zuko, but you mm-hmm. know, even if he weren't still Fire Lord, they'd probably call him that. So I wonder if he's still, you know, up and kicking and ruling the Fire Nation. Because that's kind of where they leave off in, um, I don't know if you've read any of the the Dark Horse comics, if they, like, continue the Aang storyline and everything. I've, I've caught up with a little bit of it. I don't I don't know um, how far they've gotten at this point. I think there's like, three uh, volumes now. They're pretty good. I've read the first two. I should have read the third, but, uh, you know, time, energy, all of that stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> if he's still Fire Lord or, like, because there should be another... Um, either son or daughter, I don't think they've mentioned one way or the other, think, whoever what Iroh's parent would be. Yeah, I think in, um, I think I think I saw this on the wiki that, because uh, uh, General Iroh, who we met in the first season of, uh, of Korra, who's voiced by Dante Bosco, who was the voice of Zuko in... <laughs> I think you mean um, Rufio, who's voiced by Rufio. Yeah. Rufio! Oh! Hey! <laughs> Bangerang! Um... But, uh, yeah, so General Iroh, I think his mother is the Fire Lord. So Zuko's daughter is is in charge. And I think okay. Zuko is just retired or something. He's just still badass. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the Southern Water, tri- uh, Water Tribe to pick up Korra's father, Tanrak, who is the now the established leader like a, as a separate nation. And they go to the Northern Water Tribe where Korra's cousins, Eska and Desna, are now jointly ruling. Oh, so good. I so know. Good, but so good. I love, I love that dynamic. And the whole Bolin engagement thing in book two. And, uh, oh, so good. I actually really like that he, he kind of was into her by the end of it, too. Yeah. And then she was just like, what, what was the little, like, my little turtle duck? Yeah, turtle duck. And she felt him. Oh, so cute. I, um, I love so, her and, uh, sorry, 
Um, no, no, go ahead. Her and Zuko uh, kind of had a little bonding moment when they talked, like, shared stories about uh, having trying to have the Avatar killed. Yeah, exactly. Different <laughs> Avatars, but, you know, still. Like. Well, and it, it plays into the whole reason why they're there, because the last of Zaheer's little uh, anti-Avatar group, which they're, they're Firebender, basically, mm-hmm. is a, a female a Sparky Sparky Boom Boom guy. Right? Uh, yeah, who's a, a Pili or a Pili, something like that. Uh, it's just P, comma, no, um, apostrophe, L-I. So, again, apologize, I'm sorry. Um, who's voiced by Christy Wu, who's uh, big in the uh, voiceover community. And so she's in this ice prison so that she can't bend fire or do anything, you know, sparky, sparky, boom, boom, uh, you know, type. And that's where they bond because Zuko had hired sparky, sparky, boom, boom guy to kill Aang when they were still enemies. And then uh, I think it's Eska is the girl, is the twin, the girl twin, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And so Eska's all like, yeah, it's okay. I, I tried to kill Korra after she ruined my wedding. <laughs> and John Rock's just got like this look on his face like, what? <laughs> like everyone tried to kill my daughter. Or her past life. Or her past life. And I do like that Zuko was like, you know, it didn't work that time either. It didn't work, yeah. <laughs> I do love that, you know, it, Zuko still has, like, a sense of humor. I, I just, oh, I love seeing the, the old um, the old Avatar team, so which is, make, it just makes me more frustrated that they haven't really touched a lot on Sokka or Suki, you know? Right, or even, well, I guess you, you mentioned they, they will get in a little bit into Toph and her business, mm-hmm. but yeah, what happened? He was councilman, a council member in uh, Republic City at some point, because they do those flashbacks with um, mm-hmm. the blood, that bloodbender guy. Uh, oh, yeah. What's his name? Forget. He was Amon and... Uh, uh, Unalak's yeah. dad. No, not Unalak. No, right. no, uh, all those... Tarlac or something like that. All those waterbender names. Like, damn it! Why do you guys have to have names that are odd and hard to pronounce? Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, that, the only time we've ever seen Sokka was in a flashback because Sokka in in uh, Legend of Korra is actually dead, mm-hmm. uh, which sucks. Um, and they even mentioned Sparky Sparky Boom Man in that episode because he goes on his little know, anecdote about right. his boomerang and defeating a man who could airbend with his mind or firebend with his mind. That guy comes yeah. up a lot. It's, yeah, that guy is like a really big, uh, a big thing in the Avatar world. Where, where's the cabbage dude? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen him since. Uh, book, well, I guess I wasn't the, the the cabbage corp guy who gets mm-hmm. oh, that's right, yeah. framed in book one. Like, yeah, he hasn't shown up yet, and I thought that would be it'd be fun if it was in there more, but I guess not. I'm waiting for a guy to just shout, "My cabbages!" <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Sokka has has been shown at least in flashback. He was, uh, there was also a statue of him in the Southern, in the Water Tribe, like, cultural center in book two that gets blown up. So, yay. Uh, (laughs) But we don't know very much about him and, like, did he and Suki, like, eventually get together and have a family? Or did did Sokka ever have a family? That kind of stuff. So, um, it it just, I want to believe that they'll get into it maybe in, if not in this season, then maybe in season four. Man, here's hoping. Yeah, because I, re- I mean, Sokka was was pretty much my favorite character in the in the whole of of Avatar. So I, I would hate for him to have gotten like the the short end of the stick when it comes to the world of Korra. That right. they just, I mean, the Warriors of Kyoshi. I mean, how could you not talk about them at some point? They were badasses. 
I know, it's all ladies. <laughs> like, badass women in kabuki makeup. Right. Like, come on. Uh, so, yeah, so basically it's, uh, I think the, the next episode will essentially be um, a, a police uh, 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 rescue because she's Zaheer's girlfriend. And you know she's going to break out because. Oh, yeah. We gotta have Team Anti Avatar against Team Avatar. It's the only way this works. Yeah. But at least we know that these are like badass mofos. I mean, I am so looking forward to the inevitable clashing of all of these people because you know the fights are gonna be amazing. Right. Oh, it's so good. Um, so I guess that's like the big old wrap up there. Um uh, Miguel, what are you looking forward to, I guess, in, in season three? More Zuko, honestly. More Zuko. <laughs> I, I love the, the fi- former Fire Lord Zuko. Um, mm-hmm. He was probably my favorite character in uh, The Last Airbender. And that whole, his whole dynamic with Azula and the Fire Lord. And when you find out that him and Aang are kind of related, sort of. Yeah. He's the old... Avatar's grand grandson, right? Not great grandson, or just yeah, his he's grandson like the, on his mother's side. He yeah, the because Sozin is his grand no, his great grandfather. That's and comics. and um, Roku is his grandfather. Right. So yeah, he's related to the Avatar and uh, exactly. uh, yeah, the former Avatar. Well, there's a lot of that going around too. Turns out. Apparently. But yeah, no. Um, just seeing what happens there, and maybe if, you know if they go into his his whole history, and then meeting hopefully meeting the current Fire Lord, his daughter, because that would be awesome, mm-hmm. and maybe more uh, more Iro would be good too. I, mean, I guess I'm just yeah. a fan of that family in general. Um, yeah, the 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 whole Fire Nation. I I, I like seeing um, how the the different uh, nations have uh, evolved or even devolved. Ooh, in, in, like the like Boxing Say is mm-hmm. not doing too great. No, it is it is not. <laughs> like they are having some issues. Uh so I I mean those are those are definitely things that I'm looking forward to is uh hopefully we will be we will be seeing some of the Fire Nation because if Zuko's involved, more than likely it will be there. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing like uh Lin Bei Fong getting more of her backstory fleshed out, meeting her half sister, seeing more of like how they interacted with Toph, like I oh I can't wait for that kind of stuff because Toph is so awesome. <laughs> right and flashbacks. I mean I would love to see more flashbacks into a lot of you know the old Team Avatar stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like if they go into how exactly these um, the anti Team Avatar came to be in prison. Oh yeah. Zuko mentions that um, they built that prison. <laughs> excuse me with Unalak, uh, you know, in cooperation <laughs> with him. So was Unalak part of the team that took down these vendors? Was the Avatar like? Are they going to be you know some see some more past life Aangs stuff going on? Yeah, it's gonna and and it's really interesting too because uh, Korra is is completely disconnected from her past lives now. Yeah. Uh, so huge and that like I know when it happened last season. Mm-hmm. It's like no, there's got to be a another way, right? No, apparently not. <laughs> So the, 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 the creators of, of Korra and Avatar seem to be really intent on like, nope, that's she, it's a new age. And I think that that's really great in terms of 
just thematically, but also for the show in general. You know, just like a, we don't. Have to, yeah. Yeah. There's no relying on uh, Deus Ex Machina Aang to come in and be like, oh, here's your powers back. Mm-hmm. But kind of, because that, that kind of happened at one point in. Uh, there was that one episode in in season one of Last Airbender where Roku kind of does that when during like the there's like a solstice maybe or uh, when he goes to the the Firebender Temple or the. Oh yeah. Yeah, or like the fire acolyte temple or whatever with the statue of Roku and he communes with him and then like, yeah, that kind of business. So none of that. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be it'll be interesting going forward, like if if they try to how they maybe try to draw on her past experiences or if they, you know, just really are are committed to just forging ahead in in, in this way, because either way, it would be interesting, you know, the. Mm-hmm connection to the spirit world and then also her just basically restarting, you know, from scratch and that it, it makes me wonder, well, like, will another avatar be born after Korra dies if she's disconnected or is it just the beginning of a, of a new cycle, basically? That's kind of how I took it, that it's just her, like, she's, you know, the new 52 avatar, like, she's starting <laughs> over. <laughs> Um, you know, she'll be the first, uh, first of that line, which is cool. You know, it gives it that whole, again, that whole sense of progress. And like, this is definitely a new era. Like you said, like, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. more, I, I would, what I also would like to see, not that I'm thinking of random stuff, um, uh, a rekindling of the relationship between Bolin and, um, crap, uh, Eska. Like that was, Ooh. yeah. I think that could work if they if they gave it another shot. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> There's just, oh, they just they made they almost make a perfect couple if you really think about it. Mostly just because I want to see what kind of like bender kids they would have if they chose to have kids. You know, that's completely their decision, not mine to make for them or whatever. Um, <laughs> you will have a relationship and produce children. I want to see it on screen. Oh, you know that someone out there would probably have drawn it already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, please send in your fanfic if you have it. We'd like to see what you think Bolin and Eska's children would look like. Um, yes. Future please send that into uh, That Girl with the Curls. <laughs> 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 we want to see your, your fan art. Uh, we'll set up a DeviantArt page, and there you yeah, go. Yeah, tweet it, tweet it at us. There we go. Yeah, tweet it. <laughs> think of a good hashtag, um, you know, and just tweet that stuff. Yeah, it's like, We'll we'll think of it later. We'll we'll come back because <laughs> the next uh, the next episode isn't for like two weeks. So uh, yeah, that's right. Because uh, something something holiday break something fire yeah fireworks and stuff yeah Fourth of July Independence whatnot whatever. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll be back when the uh, the at least with the the core recaps when uh, they come back with the new episodes because we intend to we want to do the the whole season right, Miguel? Yes, absolutely. Excellent. And uh, for trying to only go half an hour, we have still made it to almost an hour. Hey, we are awesome. Go Team Avatar. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, so, Miguel, where can uh, people find you online? Um, people can tweet me, at Miguel Like Comics. That's Miguel without a U, and the rest of it, like it sounds. <laughs> and, uh, and you're also, uh, okay. are you a co- you're a co-host on Gamers Word, right? I am, yes. I am a rotating co-host on... The Gamer's Word, which is the Word of the Nerd uh, gaming podcast. Check us out. We like to talk about Mass Effect a lot. Yay! Every, every episode <laughs> always comes back to Mass Effect, like somehow. 
Does that mean someone keeps complaining about the DLC? <laughs> um, that just means um, all of us really like it except Jesse. And so okay. <laughs> that, that always becomes a thing. Excellent. Good to know. Uh, and you can find me. Uh, I often write reviews for We're the Nerd uh, uh, online.com or just .com. Depends. Either one will hopefully work. Uh, I also have my own personal blog, themaniacalgeek.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Twitter at darling underscore Sammy. And uh, on behalf of Word of the Nerd and That Girl with the Curls, uh, uh, Miguel and I would like to say goodnight to all of you and uh, we'll see you back here soon.